welcome to episode three of Under Pressure. This is going to have a little bit of a different vibe than my other two episodes because we don't really have a theme of this episode yet. We're just going to have a discussion and see where it takes us. So today I have my girlfriend Aaliyah and we're going to be having a discussion just about sexuality and femininity and coming out and all of that good stuff like I touched upon in episode two. So for me, as you heard about in episode two, my coming out experience was kind of like abstract. Like I was just like, oh, I kind of like girls and I, I don't know, I'm not against like liking them and my fashion kind of just like evolved with my comfort in myself. And it was just like a slow little evolution, but it wasn't just like, oh my God, I like girls. Like, what do I do? Um, But Aaliyah had a little bit of a different experience with coming out, like, and Aaliyah, if you just want to, like, tell us about that, like, because mine was a lot more, like, I kind of just evolved into my sexuality, and you just, like, holy shit, I like girls all of a sudden, and it was, like, (laughs) a big thing, so. Yeah, um, mine was a little more abrupt, (laughs) um, I hadn't ever really thought about it. It was just never something that crossed my mind or that I was very conscious of. Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of accepted the narrative of being straight. And um, yeah, and then in college, I all of a sudden was like, oh no, I have a crush on my friend. And It was very shocking to me in the beginning because I was like, uh, she's a woman, like, that's not okay. And yeah, it took a while to accept the fact that I could possibly even have feelings for a woman. And at first I kind of just wrote it off as like, oh, it's, it's just her, like, it's not a bigger thing like it's not me really being attracted to women in general it's like oh maybe it's just like the person Mm -hmm. so yeah there's a lot of different issues attached with that but yeah it's abrupt to say the least I mean for a lot of people I think it's a big shock like all of a sudden your narrative isn't like aligning with your inner dialogue like it's like oh like she's really pretty and then your brain's like uh no she's not that (laughs) like look at that boy over there so yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it was just it was very tied to religion too for me especially because I had always grown up very Catholic so it was just not that accepted like my family was never outwardly like aggressive Mm -hmm. toward people in the community like they were never like outwardly homophobic I guess like sometimes they would say like subtle things that were definitely homophobic but like I don't know, me as a kid kind of looked past. Um, But, like, in general, it just wasn't a thing. Like, it was just, 
you're gonna marry a boy someday like oh you like guys kind of like what you were talking about in the last podcast like just you're just told that that's how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so. and you were you had a very intimate relationship with your religion yes yeah yeah um i was very involved um i did like altar serving i read during mass i um i like taught little kids their like religious ed classes um i was part of like the youth ministry team for the entire diocese like yeah very very deep into my religion it meant a lot to me Religion plays a huge, huge role in internalized homophobia and coming out and struggling with that. Yeah. For a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. That might have even been why it was so abrupt for you. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Because it was just so wrong in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, I was just like, no, like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, what am I doing? Like, that's not that's not a thing like I definitely don't like not all women but like that I'm definitely not gay or queer or like that's just that's not me right and people growing up like people who identified as queer or lesbian or gay or whatever they were always outcasted to us especially from your religious group yeah well especially because I lived in such a small town right like so there wasn't a lot of diversity at all so those people who were what were seen as different were very outcasted and like just kind of kept to themselves like not I can't well I can't really speak and I was gonna say not really bullied but I wouldn't really know because I wasn't experiencing right that But. but like I didn't really notice it so I don't know it was just I just didn't I guess kind of bullied because I didn't really want to be a part of that group because mm-hmm. I was never well they were seen as outcasts outcast, right like, yeah so they were always seen as outcasts and I was like no I was always the in kid like I was always part of the sports teams and part of like student council and like all this other like stuff that made me kind of the model student I guess mm-hmm. so to now associate with something that my whole upbringing was seen as different and kind of ostracized was wild and like I just almost devastating yeah it, it was like, it was yeah. it was kind of devastating which is sad to say because like I love who I am now but then it was it just like totally spun everything like a complete 180 and I didn't really know how to handle it or what to do with it right so it took a while for me to accept that and be comfortable with it a lot of like false confidence until I actually felt confident and I mean I'm not fully confident now like I still struggle sometimes but much much better than it was yeah so and you mentioned I think we should talk about that because you mentioned that you love yourself now and I think a lot of people are still stuck in that phase of like wow I don't want to be associated with this group that has so much hate that I myself might think I hate like how let's talk about that journey of coming to like realize that you don't have to hate yourself and that you don't have to hate that way of life I mean it was definitely hard because I 
I didn't realize it in the moment, but I definitely did hate myself mm-hmm. because it was just everything that I was told was bad and wasn't supposed to, like, unnatural almost. And so it was really almost, like, disgusting. Like, I was yeah. very disgusted by myself. And so I kind of... You helped a lot, to be honest, because, like... <laughs> well, because, like, you were the first person that I admitted that, like, I liked this friend and you were super supportive about it so to see that support instead of like hate towards it yeah was really eye-opening because I was like oh wow like she doesn't hate me now like this isn't a thing that's gonna ruin how she sees me like I wasn't any different in your eyes and that meant a lot um um just to clarify (laughs) there was a a different friend from me that she was attracted to and at the time we were really close friends so she came to me and we had like hours on hours of conversation about how she felt about this friend and just lots and lots of exploration (laughs) and conversation so it wasn't me although we're dating now it evolved into this but it was back when we were just platonic and I was helping her as a friend so Sorry, you can continue. <laughs> I just wanted to give them background. Yeah, a little clarification. Yeah. Um, but where was I on the... Self-hate and... Oh, yeah, like you... Okay, we were so talking you, like, a lot. making me feel more comfortable. So just like seeing your support and then like I slowly started telling other friends too mm-hmm. about it. Um very selectively because I wasn't sure like who was gonna be supportive and who was gonna be like uh like feel uncomfortable about it it's a coping mechanism it is you, yeah you very profile yeah. yeah and profiling like you said before yeah um but slowly started telling some friends and every single one of them was supportive and, and that means so much I it really blew me away because the internal life homophobia was just everyone was going to reject me and was going to be so uncomfortable and it was going to be this terrible, terrible thing. Um, So then the more people I started telling, the more I started feeling a little better about it and decided like, oh, maybe I should explore this. Um, So I got onto Bumble you know, the mm-hmm. typical dating apps, you Change know. Change your settings, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, it just, I started off, like, going on dates with guys um, just because that was a little more comfortable, I guess, because it was, like, the n- norm. And so I was like, oh, like, let's try boys I guess and you hadn't dated anybody Uh, yeah up to then I had never dated anybody never dated anybody in high school was never interested in anyone like it just wasn't a thing that I even cared about so you knew you wanted to start exploring your sexuality so you started with what was most acceptable right Right. exactly yeah because you know that's it was easier and so hung out with a couple of guys you know kissed a couple boys whatever and it just wasn't it like Mm -hmm. it just didn't really feel anything I was just like yeah this is okay I guess and so then one day I was like oh you know I think we're gonna switch I think we're gonna go to girls like let's go on a date with a girl and that's a big deal it was yeah that's a it big was step. it was a lot 
Yeah. I was incredibly nervous and it went really well. And yeah, so then I kissed a girl for the first time, like in a more romantic setting, not just like drunk and like kissing a friend or like random, you know? Right. It was more, it was intentional. A sober, intentional kiss. Right. Yeah. And so that's when it hit me that like, oh shit, that's, that's what it, that's how it's supposed to feel. Like that's what it is. And so like you said before, like I know you don't need the physical validation, but for me, it really helped solidify Mm -hmm. and like kind of put almost proof not that you need that but like it helped me internally be like okay yeah I get it now Mm -hmm. so but that was also after you had gotten to the point where you were comfortable enough to even go on a date with a girl right and you had the resources to do so and you had the girl that matched with you that would go on a date with you and not everybody has that yeah so when I talk about not needing physical validation, it's more like when you're fighting your sexuality in your head and you don't have that proof. You don't need the proof, but you need to get yourself to a place where you can say, hey, this is a thing I need to try for myself. Mm-hmm. And you were there and then you got your validation. Right, yeah. No, which is what I mean. It's a journey. Yeah. yeah. And it's different for every person. Obviously, everyone has a different experience. But yeah, so after that, I kind of was more open to it and just kind of exploring more myself Mm -hmm. like not necessarily like my sexuality but like my self-expression even um right like started dressing how I wanted to dress not how like I was always told was the right way to dress or um just kind of started feeling more comfortable within myself even just like my own self-image I started falling more in line with what I had always been drawn to but kind of repressed in terms so, of in terms expressing of like yourself expressing myself and fashion and just like I guess almost gender roles mm-hmm. like I started leaning a lot less toward femininity and more into like androgyny or like more masculine typically masculine things yeah so which was another huge step for me even like the first time I bought men's jeans was (laughs) nerve-wracking but yeah well they're very intertwined gender and sexuality yeah they are to my knowledge you don't have you're not questioning your gender but no your gender expression no I definitely identify as a woman and it's not at least at the present moment going to change in yeah. my head like I'm very comfortable with being a woman but just no longer fitting the societal standard of femininity mm-hmm. was hard for me and something that I did want to do so and now we're here and well you know. when we started dating we dressed up for each other and we kind of went out with a friend group and I, I usually don't wear makeup. I usually don't put on dresses. I don't, I don't dress very feminine in that aspect. Um, so doing that 
made me very uncomfortable. Like, doing that has always made me uncomfortable. Putting on a lot of makeup, putting on dresses, and, like, mm-hmm. presenting as super feminine. And we, like, presented our outfits to each other, and I, like, almost didn't want her to compliment me because I didn't like being complimented on my femininity. And as I've done work through that and journaled and explored those issues within myself, I've realized that femininity is just very intertwined with male attention and validation. And it's, I've never really wanted male attention or validation. (laughs) So dressing really feminine and putting on makeup and wearing a dress like has always made me super uncomfortable because men in my life have always told me like, oh, you look so pretty, you look so beautiful. And not only is that super toxic because it's only when I'm putting on makeup and I'm putting on this mask and not being who I really want to be. And some girls really enjoy wearing makeup and dressing in dresses and whatever. And that's totally okay. It was just never a thing I liked to do and I was doing it anyway because of the pressure I felt. Right. And so I was getting unwanted attention from men. And that's kind of how I associate dressing up nice and femininity that's how I think about them in my head and it just it's like this big complicated web of like what femininity means to each person and I don't love a lot of the feminine things because I do feel like it is for the male gaze and that changes too when you realize that you don't want male attention because you're literally not attracted to them and Mm -hmm. um the other night Ali and I were also talking about how Like, you want... Like, you're raised to be craving male validation and attention. Like, your parents or your family or whoever is like, oh, like, any boys or, like, you have to do this for the boys or you have to lose weight because then you'll find men or, like, whatever. You're doing things for yourself to please men. And, like, that's kind of how we're raised to Mm -hmm. think. Like, you need to dress this way for the boys or if you lose a little bit of weight, then you'll definitely get a boyfriend or you're so you're so pretty and like any guy would like like it's always associated with men and their validation so we were talking about how we were told we like men so we associate the feelings we have towards them as attraction so a lot of times a lot of gay women that's the experience that we can speak on Mm -hmm. a lot of queer women uh they associate being super uncomfortable around men with a, being attracted to them. Yes. <laughs> and even as children, like, in in middle school, in elementary school, they tell you, oh, like, that boy's being mean to you. He definitely has feelings for you. He likes you. Yeah, like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, he probably likes you. Like, he just probably has a crush on you. Right. Which is really toxic. So now these little <laughs> girls, a.k.a. us, we're starting to internalize, oh, when men are mean to us, that means they like us. So it's like a super toxic spiral of abuse and that's like not we're not even touching on that right now <laughs> it's but it's a whole different topic but yeah. but my point is that we associate being attracted to men with our feelings of uncomfort towards them so then when we start to allow ourselves to actually explore what we're attracted to whether whoever that may be so like being attracted to women i it's a different feeling than thinking that you're attracted to men because around men i feel pretty uncomfortable not all men, but a lot of men I feel uncomfortable and I just want them to like me, but, like, I'm not too concerned with if I actually like them. And then around women, like, I genuinely feel nervous and I feel like I want, like, I'm attracted to them and I want them to be attracted to me and it's a totally different feeling that no one really talks about. So that's what we were talking about the other night. Right. 
Well, and we were talking t- um, about as well is that your whole idea of attraction changes as well for at least me and maybe probably you when you come out because you're like, oh, wait a second. You start to realize that your whole idea of attraction is wrong because you, like you said, always thought that you being uncomfortable around men was attraction mm-hmm. when in reality like that wasn't you being attracted that was you literally not wanting their attention right and so you start to see like how it's supposed to feel and like the nervous butterflies and stuff like that that you kind of wrote off as just i don't know like weird feelings or like oh like just feeling uncomfortable like yeah uncomfortable and like nervous or whatever and you start to realize that oh wait that was actually me being attracted to them or that was me having a crush on them that was like they kind of flip-flop mm-hmm. so that's another thing that took some getting used to as well but at the same time like as you're trying to figure out what attraction means to you you're constantly telling yourself the narratives that you internalized your whole life. Like, mm-hmm. I can't be attracted to women. That's disgusting. That, like, that's so gross. And, like, I could never kiss a woman. I could never have sex with a woman. Like, there's all these outdated narratives that were never really your beliefs that are in your head constantly repeating themselves as you're trying to figure these things out. So it's just so hard. It's so hard to come out. And, it, it like, I think <laughs> I think that's the topic of this episode right now. Just, like... The complexities of coming out, like f- coming to terms with your sexuality, if we ever do, we might not even ever really figure it out. I was talking about that in the in episode two, like I identify as queer and I think that's what I want to stick with. But sometimes I question if I want to identify as a lesbian, like I did identify as pansexual at one point. I've identified as bisexual, like it's just constantly changing. And I think the work that we need to be doing instead of trying to figure out what label we want to use is trying to genuinely accept who we are and what we love Mm -hmm. in ourselves. It is not disgusting to want to love the same sex that you are. And like, that's like the bottom line. I don't like, it's really hard to accept that. But any thoughts on that? Like any? I mean, yeah, you're right. Because we're always told that it's disgusting. I know even when we first talked about um, me, like, possibly liking women, when we first talked about me having a crush on my friend, mm-hmm. you were like, oh, well, like, could you ever see yourself being with her? And I was like, no, like, that's gross. Like, I could never. Right. And obviously that's changed. But, like, it's hard because you're told that it's disgusting. And a lot of things that even involve a woman's body is called disgusting Mm -hmm. and like there's jokes and like all this other stuff that's around like female hygiene right and so all of a sudden you have to kind of realize that those things aren't true and just kind of like figure it out for yourself Mm -hmm. which is a whole journey in itself and we also have to realize that they were never really our beliefs to begin with because the female body has been so capitalized mm-hmm. throughout history. Like being, we saw something this morning, a post about um, how razors like came to be and like the advertising for razors. 
and how it was like how to be like how to not be embarrassed in your body like to shave your armpits and it like started in the 1900s with Gillette and their advertisements about like being like a proper woman and having your shaved armpits and like that's just the tip of the iceberg with the female body um but they're constantly trying to make money off the female body and trying to get us to shave our body hair and use products to balance our ph and all these things that are so unnatural for our bodies and we're constantly told unnecessary and unnecessary totally unnecessary which we're finally starting to realize because we've always <laughs> believed that narrative anyway. Like, it's always... Oh, it's crazy. But these are all the things that we're learning and we're allowed to grow and evolve and change as human beings, so that's okay. But we're just sharing it with you guys and telling you what we're learning every day in this crazy life. But anyway, we're told growing up that our anatomy is disgusting. Like, there's constantly fish jokes and we've all heard it and there's never jokes about males and like what they're packing and how they smell it's nothing like that there's most men don't use a special soap to balance out whatever's going on down there but women it's like so promoted like oh like you're disgusting make sure it smells good or whatever but vaginas are actually self-cleaning and there's no (laughs) need to use these ph balancing soaps so I digress, but (laughs) my point is that when I first, I told one of my friends that I had a crush on Aaliyah, like way back when it started, and she said, like, could you ever see yourself having sex with her? And I totally shut down. I was like, no, could never. That's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Because the idea of interacting with a woman's body other than my own had been so painted as disgusting throughout my entire life that I couldn't even... I didn't even want to be associated with that. Like, oh, it's so disgusting, a woman's body. But it's not. It's just a narrative that we've internalized. And it's so... That's the disgusting part. The part that we think that our bodies are so gross that we could never... I don't know. It's just crazy. And it's not disgusting. And I'm totally unraveling that (laughs) in my life. But... Yeah. Thoughts on that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, just, yeah, I mean, it's hard because it's just this thing that has always been taught to you. So, I mean, just like anything else, it's an unlearning process, Mm -hmm. which is never easy, especially when for however many years, like 20 years for like me, it was this terrible, gross thing. So only had a year of realizing that it's okay Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's just not easy and it's different for everybody so yeah I don't know it is a huge unlearning process when you start to come to terms with a sexuality other than heterosexual and it's okay if one day you wake up and you totally just know you're homosexual or you're queer or whatever and you're just so okay with it and you're dressing and expressing yourself exactly how you feel like you should be and you just feel so aligned with who you are and then the next day you wake up and you feel gross and you feel like you're not yourself and it's a constant 
battle battle with yourself and a transition that's not easy so i guess the point of this episode besides just laying out our life stories for you guys (laughs) is that you don't think like especially with media media is a big it's a big lie sometimes like it makes you feel like you're not enough or you're not doing things the right way because you see people even myself sometimes on instagram i present as super confident and like super okay with who i am but that's not true like it's some days i am and some days i'm not and like the whole coming out experience and like coming in terms with your sexuality and like being a human being is accepting the highs and the lows and like knowing that it's not a one-time shot like oh today i'm coming out and i'm okay with it and i'm so happy because it's not like that at all and if you've never been told that i'm sorry because there's there's no shortcut to accepting yourself for who you are especially when it comes to sexuality especially when it comes to putting yourself in a marginalized group and associating yourself with what you've always deemed as outcast or weird or all of these things that don't seem good and like you don't want to be those because everyone wants to be in and accepted and whatever and maybe you don't and i love that for you but (laughs) when you're raised in a society that expects you to be perfect it's really hard to be like well i'm this thing that no one accepts like i'm and you don't want to admit that you are but it's so toxic to yourself because you're never going to be happy pretending to like men if you don't like men. Right. <laughs> You're never going to be happy pretending to like women if you don't like women. Like, I don't know. It's going to be a long, hard process, even if you're 10 years into it or if you're 10 days into it. Not every day is going to be perfect, and that's okay. It's a constant unlearning. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful word to describe it. Yeah. So I guess the main thing that I think is that you just it's really you just need to be patient with yourself Mm -hmm. and kind to yourself and just let the journey happen like how it's gonna happen right like it's not this thing that you can just put on a time crunch and be like okay well it's not really like a goal that you can have a time limit for it's not a goal it's not even a goal like you can't just be like okay well I'm gonna do these things and in this x amount of time i'm gonna feel great and be super confident like no it's mm-hmm. an ebb and a flow and you just have to be patient and just let things happen and just be kind to yourself yes please be kind to yourself and be kind to people that are struggling be kind to everyone first of all <laughs> but be kind to yourself and it takes time and Every day is a different experience. One day you could be the teacher. Like right now we're talking on a podcast that I don't know. I don't feel like I'm qualified to even be (laughs) educating on, but here I am. And then the next day I'm a student or I'm a student and a teacher in the same day. I'm constantly learning. I'm letting people educate me and I'm educating people with what I've absorbed. So there's no like end all be all of coming out. And And you're allowed to change and evolve and that's okay. So... I'm really happy that you joined me today, Aaliyah. Thank yes. you. Um, Thank you. We're planning on doing more episodes together. I'm planning on bringing other people of the queer community, maybe even people that don't associate it with being queer, to bring on and to discuss things. Um, 
there's so much to talk about all the time. So if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss, please let me know in my Instagram DM. And I'm really excited about where this podcast is going. Um, I created it a couple months ago, as you know or may not know. And I've decided recently that I want it to be a platform where we talk about issues in the LGBTQ community and we talk about things that make me feel really vulnerable and that like (laughs) are really hard to talk about because that's what people need to be hearing. So this is a learning experience for us and I hope it is for you too. And I hope that this is a safe place for you to explore your thoughts and to feel connected and to start loving yourself and being kinder to yourself. So, sending you lots of love. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.